So, so many we have to visit in this episode. Welcome to episode 19 of Things We Got Wrong. Sarah and Susie Louise Meister Butler Rice wow. Patterson. Oh, God. Uh, you joking. would, wouldn't you? I'm just joking. For this one. Oh, God. I have to move the mic. Oh, yeah. And then yell. I could say my, my ex. No, I don't want to say. I was going to say my previous married name. But the, the reason why I won't is because there is this person, like a troll on Twitter, who is obsessed with my previous marriage. I can't understand this. It's so weird. And it makes me think, like, is it him? You know what I mean? No. Like a, it, it's that not. Would be crazy. What if it's... I don't want to make any speculations. I don't want to... Because that would be cuckoo crazy. It can't be him or anyone that we knew because... She, I think it's a woman. She just can't figure out what his last name was. Okay. And so, like, I, I enjoy that she, it's just like driving her nuts that she can't figure out which professor I was. Yeah. It's okay. like, are you if you so don't stupid? even know, I know who it is, then Come on. how can you say that all those rumors are true? That talk about one plus one equals 27. Like, come on. But then there will be things she'll say that are so specific that i'm like that's weird that that this person even would know that so i don't know i don't know but i'm not She's gonna give like her a mediocre psychic <laughs> yeah right that's or like really a mediocre funny. like internet searcher sleuth yeah yeah anyway okay so we listened to brain candy mm-hmm. episodes 40 and 41 i think wait let me double check that i think that's yeah right. yeah i think so yeah 40 and 41 40 was called this is your brain on drugs i wouldn't say that was the point it wasn't it was basically like sarah gives you a lecture about what you what she learned this week in oh, well, i asked school. a lot of questions i was putting you on, i was like quizzing you about it it wasn't like you were well, just I, like well, I, you know what and I you learned? know what it was really annoying that is the, gr- the class i got the lowest grade in in my entire i only got one b in my whole time at was it just school. really hard it was in one. psychopharmacology and then the professor died after that. But he was cut, and honestly, he was kind of creepy. Oh, and so well, nobody was sad. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> but R.I.P. Of course. Uh, well, you mean you sounded knowledgeable? I thought so too. I, I was honestly thinking, I don't think I could give you the same answers today. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, it's kind of like you know, I use some metaphor that's very loosey goosey, but you'd get the point. And then when I was when you said like, okay, we'll dumb it down, I'm like, I am. I was like, you were not, Sarah. Shut up. <laughs> well, so. I mean, I was asking you a lot of questions because I I am so intrigued by the brain mm-hmm. and the way that it can like work against us and the way that drugs interact with mental illness or or not, and it is interesting. Yeah, you know, I was I one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is schizophrenia because since then you've read that book for book club about the mom who has mm. like a a bunch of kids and multiple children have yeah, schizophrenia. What the hell is that but book in a, called something road. 
Yeah. And every time I picture it all, this is so ridiculous, but the image that pops up into my head is of like the, the there was an old woman who lived in a shoe. <laughs> oh God. I don't know why. Is that well, on the cover no, because, of the no, book? But, but I it mean, it feels like it should be. That limerick or whatever is, she had so many children, she didn't know what to do. And this right. woman did have a, a lot of children. Yeah, so something about how you guys talked about that book in book club and my memory of that poem. Like, that was well, accurate. That's a summary. Yeah, that is a summary. So, but there were so many interesting things about schizophrenia that I remember you sharing in the book club. And then when we learned that schizophrenia presents differently in different countries or based on cultural backgrounds, and in some cultures, like sounds like a nagging parent. Some mm-hmm. places it's like a comforting voice and only in the United States is it like mean and nasty. I mean, and it Not sure only, is. But, and yeah. like when I, I go on my rants, I don't, I think I mostly do it in private, but also sometimes I'm brain candy about how like I'm so, I get so bored of people saying the same tropes about like and cliches, like, you know, we got to get rid of this stigma of mental illness. And I'm always like, there is no stigma about mental illness. There is a stigma about the shitty things people have done and do sometimes when they have it. Right. And schizophrenics are not doing anybody any favors yeah. sometimes with the yeah. violence and like the incoherence. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it can, really is hard. It's so it's hard. Very, it's a total like detach and it gets worse with the lack of support and resource stuff like that. And then those people often end up without homes and on the street and well that's the thing because yeah. th- there is also that, that problem of like you can't really force someone to be medicated unless yeah. they're in like an institution or whatever and they don't often want to take the medicine and so the, their their illness mm-hmm. is preventing the treatment of yeah. itself yeah. i saw God. this um clip on instagram that's yesterday a lot of things alcoholism falls like drug use falls into that i would say the illness prevents the getting right help. Like, and that's because they're all brain like, i'm like illnesses. i don't need my adhd meds i'm doing great and then i'm like oh fuck it was because of those yeah because if your brain is ill <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the part that usually is like that's hey enough. i gotta get some meds here right I'm hoping we're studying more about where in the brain these things are located. Like I was reading an article the other day about how researchers at the University of Jerusalem, I believe, have discovered a connection between the nitrous oxide levels in the brain and uh, autism and Mm -hmm. In mice, when you reduce the levels of nitrous oxide in the brain, they show less of those similar behaviors that we would see in individuals on the spectrum. And then when you inc- and when you uh, uh, add them back, they go away, or vice versa. And uh, they it, they've seen this in the human trials that they're doing too, like positive effects in the human trial. So I think we're getting better at narrowing down like closer and closer and closer to what the mechanisms involved in those disorders are and what the brain needs to be more balanced. Like the medication that we have like affects so many areas of the brain. Like we just, it, it, 
casts like a wide net. They're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, well, we know it's like around here. So they go like, oh, this drug help, you know, works on the around there area of the brain, but it's not specific enough. So there are all these side effects that are so terrible, makes people not want to get on the drug at all. So yeah. I am, I'm very hopeful about the future of drugs and what this will even look like, because it may just be something is like balancing out the hormones in your brain, which is what it is. Basically what those drugs is anyway. Or like, uh, I don't know, knowing more about the different like mechanisms involved so we can make it like one stop to like here, fix it early, you know, treat mm-hmm. it before it gets that to be right that severe. Well, and oftentimes so the, it doesn't present until so much later in life. Yeah. That's always disturbing too. Then if you knew someone be, before. Yeah. Well, I think of our friend Jake Lloyd who played Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Is that what his diagnosis is? Mm-hmm. Schizophrenia? Mm-hmm. Right. Or I don't know what Amanda Bynes has, but I mean, she had something yeah. that didn't emerge till later. Man, there is a, a cluster of kids in that area. Well, it probably makes them really creative and great at yeah, at, uh, the arts, that's you true. know, whenever it's in like whatever abstract thinking stage or yeah, like that type of brain is probably very creative and amazing. And then it sort of gets hijacked. And even like the ability to step into another per- a role and play somebody else, like you're, it's like a lot of options for your brain to play and like mm-hmm. not maybe a secure identity and that kind of thing would attract somebody. Wow. That's so interesting. Mm hmm. But I have, I, I was talking a lot in that episode about intervention and I used to watch that so much. I was like addicted to intervention <laughs> and it was always the case that the meth addicts and the alcoholics were like pretty much lost causes. Yeah. And oh gosh, that's always shocking that to people that alcohol can be one of the most severe, Yeah, but it is. And a lot of times they die in recovery because like they're physically dependent and then they try to go cold turkey, stuff like that. Yeah. It's the, go, yeah, getting off the alcohol and the, getting the substance out of your body, the withdrawals that are so severe. I mean, I remember even being on the challenge and just regularly drinking for that long. Or the other place that would happen is when I would go to like Aspen Food and Wine when I was married to Landon and afterwards it would almost feel like do i need a drink in the morning to like get myself stabilized because <laughs> oh i've been God. drinking straight for seven days like it is doesn't feel good and so it's fast that that happens i feel like it's not though really maybe like on those sort of bingy moments for yeah. you it felt like yeah. that but Ooh. in general i think the alcohol is that's part of what makes it so insidious is it's like creeps up over a long period of time. And I mean, that's what they say anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose if you are in like a nonstop situation. (laughs) Yeah. At least that's maybe out of character. Like I do that. Like I remember by the like sixth day, you're like, I'm going to throw up. (laughs) I really just want a salad and a green drink. Yeah. I saw an Instagram the other day that that guy from the challenge named Ryan, you know, Kehoe, your friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's your friend, right? 
I'm, yeah, I mean, you're friendly. You friendly, know yes. Yeah. I don't know him. That's why yeah. I say that. Yeah. Um, he's one year sober, and he was, you know, real palsy with Paula, yeah, who is also now sober, and I'm sure that they were bonded in part because of their sort of shared lifestyle of like oh, I'm good sure. times, yeah. but not really good times, right? Party times, party times, and they're like both oh. the, the people who get real fun when they're drinking, which makes for great reality television. Until they aren't anymore. Until they aren't. Then until, they turn yeah, a corner. At, at a, at, yes. At, yeah. At a big cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm sure in the same way that like the certain kinds of mental illness can make you really great in certain fields, I think that a propensity for over-consuming makes you real great on reality TV, like you just said. And yeah. so we probably have a higher percentage among us who yeah. have maybe dependency issues. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of that, like mental health issues. When I did my research on the effects of mental or the, you know, mental health effects of being on reality television, the rates or reported rates of mental illness among reality stars was disproportionate to the general population. Yeah, that would, it would be surprising if that were not true. Right. Well, I'll tell you what's addicting in a good way, and that <laughs> is Next Evo Naturals. Oh, yes. this is something that does a body good. Yeah. Um, these babies, I use the gummies Yeah, day without any of the bad stuff of that. Yeah. All, everything we were just mentioned. This is like decrease your stress, yeah. help you sleep and relax. There's the stress ones, there's the sleep ones, and they taste yummy too. Oh, man. I just saw this thing online where it was this image that if you look at it, it was developed by a neuroscientist. And if you stare at the image and it moves, it, you're stressed. And if you if it doesn't move and it's a still image, it's like one of those optical illusions, then you aren't stressed. And wouldn't you know, that thing is almost always moving. So I know that having something to help me relax and de-stress is crucial to yeah, me being able to even stressful. think straight. And these it are does something CBD. to my brain. What does? Like stress. So we yeah. got to get stress go bye-bye. Yeah, stress go bye-bye. <laughs> um, these are CBD and not just any old CBD. They are like fancy, smart absorption technology. Gets in there real fast. Gets you on track to have a better day or night. Um Ooh, and like sleeping. Ugh. We don't even have air conditioning in this house. No. Oh, goodness. So get like, ready. this is the summer of, you know, like, okay, we got to figure out how to get to sleep and stay asleep because when you're hot, it's really hard. So uh, these are great for that. Leave summer stress behind and upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com slash wrong to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off $40 or more at next, N-E-X-T, Evo, E-V-O dot com slash wrong. Um, I sounded like I was on drugs when I kept laughing about your bracelets that someone had <laughs> tweeted to you about it. Or they said that they smelled like pot. Remember the... Oh, yeah. Well, that was hilarious to me. In fairness, they did. Right. But it was the wood. I'm going to play a clip of that because that cracks me up. 
mainly because like I must have been imagining you in some sort of like smoke filled den. Right, I could see that, which which makes sense. I mean, it's not far off. Except like nowadays, I don't like ever smoke weed inside. Like, man, no. am I? That's the thing. Like, I knew that it was false, and that's part of why it was so funny to me. Because, like, you're the opposite. Like, your home is, like, pristine. Yeah, exactly. It's not like that. I get mad at that. Get the drugs (laughs) out of here. Yeah, you do. No doing drugs in my house. Well, let's hear what you had to say back in the original Brain Candy episode. You probably saw on Twitter this morning that <laughs> Oh my god, what are you gonna say? <laughs> somebody was talking about your bracelets that you sell. Did yeah. you read the No. Okay, well Sarah makes these really beautiful bracelets that oh you should god. all buy. What did they say? Okay, let me find it. Here it is. Oh god, on am her... I gonna be embarrassed? <laughs> this is on her Twitter Uh-oh. at Brain Candy Pod. What? Alicia Powell. My favorite my favorite thing about my new bracelets, I don't know why this is so funny to me, from I'm Sarah Rice, is that it has that earthy pot smell. Oh, I know what she's talking about. Okay, this is hilarious. I'm, because I, there's this great... Okay, first of all, it does not have an earthy pot smell well, because of mind. pot. I did, however, I talk it. about how I was a stoner on the last episode. And she said that. She goes, I love that I found out your secret or something. Your secret's out or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I know it. I wait, sh- wait, wait, wait. I know it's what she read more. Okay. She God. goes, uh, I was like, oh my God, you're lying, you know, because I was loving every second of this. And she goes, it really is. I thought it was the wood. So awesome that you said it was your deep, dark secret. <laughs> well, that's it. Because... I know that she bought one with wood in it, and it is the wood, because there's a specific wood called agar wood, A-G-A-R, that comes from, like, some forest, uh, who knows, but it's this kind of wood, and I love it, because when I go shopping at my bead store, they come in this big jar, and I open up the jar, and it smells, like, earthy, like, it is this amazing smell, and that just, like, made me <laughs> love these is. beads, and so I bought a whole bunch of them. And I know what smell she's talking about. And Alicia, it is the wood. Even because, I mean, I smoke a lot of pot, but not that much. <laughs> it's not Snoop Dogg, like, I, you know, I was just picturing the chronic you, like, over at my house. Like, Susie, you've been to my home. It's not a drug den. But, I was just picturing you, like, making the beads and the, the, the whole, ne- whatever. Well, and that's then, exactly like, what I'm doing. Smoking pot and dude, watching but- HGTV and making bracelets. so silly um i was i did like the part where we talked about how when you become a mom you know people start inquiring about like that is encompassing of like your identity then and people want to know like well what are you going to do about work or what are you going to continue to go on the reality shows and are you going to still do stand-up whatever it is and how that just does not occur for men in their in their careers when they're about to become a dad not one little bit and we've you know what i was thinking about how we were saying about the challenge and how like no one would ever ask derek like are you going to continue to do the challenge now that you're dad or whatever but the weirdest part is that when you on the show the dads like Corey, mm-hmm. 
It's like they won't shut up about how their dad, Brad, all these guys that like act like they're doing it for their family. And you can't use yeah. the thing That's what I'm saying. as like, I don't know, bragging rights isn't the right word, but like, like hero your, it. Yeah, your story. Mm-hmm. But then now I'm not saying I know anything about how Corey fathers. And I think yeah. that he actually. I do because I saw him out one day in Target and he had all of his kids with him <laughs> and he was doing great. I'm sure and he was. So sure he, was. he was he was like stepping up to the job. But uh, uh, from what we've heard, the self-reported, mm, I don't know, involvement from some of the dads from the challenge, uh. You can't be bragging about it over here, using it as your story over here, and then not even participating in it over there. I I think they're not, they don't think they're lying. Like they, they don't, they're not aware of the inequity. The, the bar is They so think just low. having children all of a sudden gets them the. I uh, think they see pray, that they like see the, themselves as like more, they think it's even Steven. I really do think that this is the not just the people on the challenge, like men in general, like they believe that they because compared to maybe their dad, it is more right. You right. know, like generally, generationally, right. if you're comparing it that way rather than yeah. comparing it to your partner, right? Then you believe that's true. Man, I would love to live in that kind of delusional world. Yeah, I really do. <sighs> All those studies that show what the breakdown of domestic responsibility and like the who does what kind of thing, when they really analyze it, when they record a couple, like put cameras up in their house, they forget about them and they, you know, Just gather their enough, life. They live their life. Mm-hmm. Man, are those great studies. They, they, ne- it's always what we expect. Yeah, and it never disappoints, and and somehow yet still always surprises me and makes me like outraged. And like the other thing is about the um, the, the men and women on the challenge, moms and dads. When the men go, the, it is like they're heroes. They're like doing this to help their family. And when the women go, it's like. Wow, what are you going done? away <laughs> for eight weeks or whatever? Like, that's not a very good mom, you know? Yeah. Like, I think there is a difference in the perception there. This is going to sound unrelated, but I promise it is. Did you hear that that woman who spent the most time in space or the person who spent the most time in space happens to be a woman, uh, uh, is going back up to space? No. Is she married? Does she have kids? Because if she did, that would be, I mean, there's definitely a joke there, but <laughs> I don't know. But. You know, I was thinking like, what do you, like, what if you have a career where, where, you know, you just duty calls, right? Hey, I bet they do the same thing for like, they do it all the time for everybody. Female astronauts, I'm sure. Also yeah. called astronauts. Like, it's just this feeling of like, there's always like, um, connection that is important like okay well what about your kids what about your parents what about your partner but when the man is out doing his job that is just like fully Mm -hmm. autonomous individual Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff is just like tangential Mm -hmm. it's not 
yeah who who they are is like yeah. who they are right there not who they're connected to we exactly. need other people to kind of define our identities right oh how are your kids oh how, you know. right what are you so doing? that struck me because that's still true mm-hmm. oh then one last thing i want to say about the this is your brain on drugs you know how in that one i mentioned like how only then had i started to think about how oj simpson probably had cte yeah I was shocked. Uh, right. You know, that's probably contributed to his violence and all and subsequent violence that yep. has happened. Anyway, I, you know, there was a football player who died a week or two ago, Jim Brown. And oh. he, I didn't really know this, but he was like the best, whatever position he was at the time, best of, he's still considered like the best of all time. And he quit football at his peak and then he went into acting and he became like a famous actor and he's super handsome and charming and i'm watching like the clip on sports center or whatever and you just start you like him you're like wow that's a really handsome guy whatever and then it was like uh but he's had his you know share of troubles he was like charged like six times with domestic violence mm. and they showed this clip of him like apologizing and he was like you know, I really don't have an excuse, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I think you might. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure you have CTE. Yeah. And it fucks up your brain. Yeah. And not Oof. an excuse, but like a reason, yeah. certainly. Like, yeah. these guys, it's mm-hmm. a for real, like a liability. It's a That you brain... might become a different person. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's very It's scary. horrifying. Yeah. And in a way... Your your that outer area of your brain, that higher functioning area, is very. It's like our newest part of the brain, where all of our uh, decision making abilities and those kind of things lie. And that's like the stuff that's getting damaged. I think it's like mm-hmm. the stuff that's hitting right up against the, you know, side of the skull, like in those repeat over and over and over, just. And it would make sense that the brain would revert to other areas that weren't damaged, that, you know, where our executive functioning is not, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's more reactive, more... Yeah, lizard brain. Yeah, lizard brain shit. Why the heck, though, can't they freaking see CTE when you're alive in there? fuck i don't know it drives me nuts that's a really good question i don't understand Because and what does it look like when you're dead right but there's no doubt about it when you're dead and they do the autopsy oh, and get that brain oh out gives me the heebie-jeebies they're just it just seems like what is what makes it impossible to see yeah maybe that's true of dementia too i don't know i don't I'm truly know sure like all that webbing yeah. or whatever i don't know Anyway, this, that's this all is about just the like brain. the drug thing. I, getting more specific and being able to say, like, what are the, uh, you know, it's it's measurable in some way. We just haven't figured out the tool to measure it with. Like, mm-hmm. de- it's detectable, I should say, in yeah. some way. We haven't figured out the tool. No, they you know when not. those like fifteen-year-old science kids like invent some test strip for like you lick it and, and you can tell if you have like pancreatic cancer or some shit, and it's like. <laughs> 
do it in 90 seconds where like before it costs like $400 and you had to get it done. Yeah. In a lap. I, feel, I honestly believe that's a, a close enough to a real story that really happened. Or it'll be like, a, you know, the, a dachshund will be able to sniff your butthole and know if you yeah. have such and such. You have Parkinson's. There it's you go. It's always very right. specific. Yeah. So I feel like we're... We're we're getting there and being able to diagnose these things and, and detect these things earlier yeah. and earlier. Well, I'll tell you what, there is also a stigma about and that is body odor. Yeah, and your girl's got it. It happens to be <laughs> your girl. Yeah. One of those stinky weeks. You have those? Oh no, yes. yes you know what? It's you the know. week right before my period starts. And I well, it's hormones, it's whatever. You yeah. Know? But holy guacamole. I know. It's like Five minutes after waking up, I'm like, this is offensive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's tough. Don't you, I went straight to my counter because I keep it out now because now it's become a habit and a daily thing. Yeah. And I use the old coconut Lumi yeah. deodorant. It's amazing. Well, Lumi. Stink go bye bye. <laughs> Lumi deodorant is for the whole body. So wherever you're stinking. Mm-hmm. Just put it on there. They have all t- kinds of really nice scents. And it's great for if you have teenagers or kids that their feet are stinky or whatever. Because, like, it's just the way it is. Human yeah. beings are gross. Super. My brother's going to France and he was, I'm like, are you excited? And he was like, yeah, except for the odor. Because it really does. Like, have you ever been to, well, you have. Yeah. In France. But I, I would mean, fit right in, so no problem. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> not but, anymore. Maybe yeah. I should send some Lumi with him. Because when he was here, my nephew was like, maybe I should try it, but I don't want aluminum. And I'm like, you're in luck. Yes. It's aluminum free. Yes. So uh, I sent him home with a bunch when they left. Um, and they have a deal for you guys you get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code wrong at lumideodorant.com. That's $5 off Lumi starter pack. Oh, let me read it exactly so I don't get it wrong. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code wrong at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code wrong. That's L-U-M-E. Yeah. And that, you know what I love is that's a starter pack where every product is a great one that That's I use. True. You know what? You When you get those like, yeah, kits, it's like a bundle and there's where always they give you crap. one thing I like, and then three things where I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to use this. this. Wipes. Use them for camping. Anytime yeah, I'm travel. out in the wilderness, travel. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, uh, the little body wash. Yeah. That's when, yes. you know, I told I you about like stuff. the stink that like somehow is showerproof. Yeah. That that <laughs> gets rid of. The deodorant stick yeah. and the uh uh there's cream the cream cream forever yeah, all over your too. body for your the feetsies mm-hmm. or your thighs or yes. under your or the boots. creases of yes under the oh my god sweaty yes. season yes yes <laughs> all the spots so had to throw that in there different yeah place. so then we listened to the land in one what was it called like wine it was something, yeah it's something, something that food it and wine <laughs> it wasn't it should have just been with the sarah land show. and yeah yeah was that an enjoyable experience? No, <laughs> it, I, I, it is, and it's not, not enjoyable because it's more, I should say this, it, what makes me feel more uncomfortable is knowing how I am, knowing how 
like what's going through my head, how there's this like hyper awareness that I have and of like what I say and what I do that is a, a, feels like an old version of me that I just like, um, so you're listening. It's like, Oh, Sarah, have a voice. Theoretically, we were having him on to talk about wine, but you know, he spoke a lot about like his childhood and, um, Mm -hmm. issues with food and stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. and, and what, how would you describe your, um, banter or vibe during the episode? Well, what I think I was doing is there were things that I felt really justified in doing or saying. And it's almost like I use the podcast to like safely air our dirty laundry, but not even like dirty laundry. Like I wanted validation or somebody else to hear this. And it felt like the safest way for me to say it Mm -hmm. without him. Cause I can't, I couldn't come to him and and talk about some of these things in a way where I could really discuss my feelings. Cause he'd tell me that that would get shut down. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to communicate my feelings in that relationship. And so I think I wanted to talk. I mean, one of the things I wrote down was that iced tea incident. Did you talk about the iced tea incident yesterday? Yes. Oh, the iced tea incident is a good one. Tell me. Do you want to say you want me to? Yeah, sure. You tell your side of the story and I'll tell mine. (laughs) It's like divorce court (laughs) here. Driving in. Uh, We have a big, long drive home the other day, yesterday. And he's like, oh, I'm going to stop inside the, you know, like a store and grab something to drink. And he comes out with a water and he comes out with an Arizona iced tea and he puts it down in in the center console. And I look at it. And I look at him in a probably, in hindsight, very condescending way. Not probably in any way, <laughs> shape, or form, in an absolutely condescending uh, way. And I said, excuse me, do you know that there are 24 grams of sugar in serving size and there are three serving sizes in this can? That means that there are 73 grams of sugar in this. Do you know that you're, why do you just take an entire cup of sugar and just dump it in your mouth? I didn't say that last part, but I was thinking it. And I might as well, because I said it with my eyes. And then he just picks up the iced tea and chucks it out. So I just <laughs> pick, it it up, pick it up, open the door and just huck it out the window like a hand grenade. You and did I just not. go, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we have, like then, a, we, then we have a, a battle. About a 30 to 45 minute, like first cold war, then do this and that. And you know, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, her intentions are all uh, in love and all the types <laughs> of stuff. I don't want you drinking 73 grams of sugar in one sitting. Cause I know no. you'll drink the entire can. No. That's not healthy. No, I no, also I wouldn't drink, let you shove McDonald's drink, in your mouth. I don't drink any soda. I don't drink any sugary drinks. So it was a rarity, but I was kind of like her, like judgy yeah. Jenny Craig. It was like flashback to Jenny Craig. <laughs> it's like those like Doritos. Jenny. Oh my God. Like, oh, do we have a food journal we need to go to? Oh. Shaming me? Do you want to circle well, my fat now? You want to get the marker out? <laughs> oh my god! Why did you do that, Sarah? You just felt like he didn't know. Yeah, you thought you were informing a him. A person who's been on a, every a diet since age six who doesn't know what sugar is. No. In everything. That was, that was not. I would ne- first of all. I would like. I could imagine myself doing that in my relationship. So just to to kind of paint the picture, like. I guess it was... Well, I could play a clip. Okay. There you go. Yeah, but like... 
What do you think of that incident now? But if I, if it were with Eli and he did the same thing, brought that, you know, Arizona iced tea in and I looked at him in the, in the look that I literally give Eli this look for five times a day. Morning, noon, and night. It's just how we communicate. <laughs> like we both do it to each other. I needed somebody who just did, wasn't so sensitive when I get, look at him, you know? Oh, like, like defensive or and something. I, yeah, defensive. I was like, come on, buddy, what are we doing here? This is like going against. If I did that to Eli, he'd be like, I know, I know. It's what do you want me to do? And it would be like that. There wouldn't be the, the, I don't know, what to me sounded like that feeling of shame that then made it like uh, somebody throw an iced tea. I remember that. That was like uh, too much. You know what, though? I got to say, I get what you're saying, and I'm glad that you're situation now is more Mm -hmm. in keeping with like how you want it to be where you're free to do that stuff yeah i i guess i feel like if if anybody tried to like police Mm -hmm. what i drink or eat i would do worse than what he did you wouldn't if there was a communicated agreement that you were going to like do that for each other that's but true that was... but i can't imagine having that agreement yeah well you also you know didn't struggle with food when you were younger in the same yeah. room, maybe so i don't know uh, but you are guys... you trying to say your team landed because what the hell no i just would not be okay with anyone say like being like are you sure you want to eat that i think maybe i felt justified in doing it because it was done to me so often Right. I'm sure. So it felt like, this is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like both of you were sort of implying the other person was a hypocrite. Yes. Yeah. But. Yes. Oh my God. That's not healthy. I don't want to be like, I don't want, oh, that would make me crazy. Yeah. But that's the the thing you had set up. And so you were just doing what you do. And then he didn't handle it well. Not so much. And. But I didn't either. It's like, it really is an oil and water situation. Or like, what's, what, oh, you know what? No, it's more like, uh, what are the two things? Like bleach and vinegar, or like those two substances that you can't mix together. Because it's or on their own. Yeah, that, yeah. It'll send you yeah. to the hospital if you breathe in the fumes. That's like what it's like. Because on our own, both, you know, he's doing his thing probably happy and successful and like not yeah like not a good match yeah and right. i'm doing like i am the, oh, the bet like so happy mm, right. i uh, like this is i'm almost like oh we did it we got here this is mm-hmm. what chill life feels like so right right yeah so yeah i can imagine that would be that really unpleasant i would not want to listen to my a so conversation with my ex that would it not was I felt, I also, you know, I didn't even feel bad for me. I felt bad for you because there were a lot of times where there was, there was a lot of interrupting. And I don't know if maybe that's just being on a podcast and doing probably like 800 episodes of these things. You just get, you know, comfort. I still interrupt all the time, whatever. But there, there, it was like I was in the middle of a story and both of us. And it was like, you mean like his story? 
Is that I would be mean? in the middle of a story and or like explaining something, and you just like steamroll it and explain it. Like, yeah, I think it's kind of like a mansplaining thing, and I just noticed it more. You know, it went listening to it. Yeah, and I, when, when yeah. I was participating, I was like, "Wow!" Right. It it didn't feel like that to you at the time. It felt like um, banter, or like prompt maybe, probably. or co- almost like a competition, or yeah. Must have. I can't believe I didn't notice him interrupting you. Well, I sure did. I I I've know. always noticed that. Yeah, and there but were some I mean, funny lines you had in there. After I like listening back, I was like, "Did that, Zeus?" <laughs> I mean, well, he really likes to be the center of attention, and and I I would argue has absolutely no curiosity about literally anyone else. That's my impression of yeah. him, that he wasn't someone that wanted to learn about you, whoever you are. Right. Yeah. And I, I would always try to like feeling I get in there. I would always try to like th- help him see like, y- you know, we can talk and like you can share and I'm interested and we can mm-hmm. learn and grow. But his was always like more of a talking at. Yeah. Uh, at least with yeah. me. I think yeah. with everyone. Yeah. You know, I think some of the things that were shared about his, in that episode about his childhood, kind of maybe show that there's a feeling of having to, to, I don't know, like prove yourself or, or be measured by your externals and the things that you are, like the things that you provide or, or, or things that you do rather than who you are at the core. And I think that feeling of not being able to be accepted for who you are at the core, no matter what size you are. So like you talked, yeah. you talked about his parents taking him to, yeah. you know, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig and all that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, would make it so you'd have to show people the externals and present those as almost like this thing to protect who you are behind that. Yeah. There's no, there's never going to be like vulnerability or anything. Yeah. It's and that's what I, that's scary. what, that's why I think that's at the root of why I wanted to get divorced. Cause you weren't making progress. In yeah. That Cause I said, bef- when we first, I, I described, I always describe it as this. When we first got into the marriage, we were both wearing like these suits of armor to protect who we were on the inside. And then mm-hmm. I took mine off through grad school, through, you know, just growing and, and I took that suit of armor off. I did the work to take it off and it was really like honest about who I was behind it. And, mm-hmm. uh, then it felt uncomfortable to lay next to somebody or be, you know, in a relationship with somebody who was all, was wearing armor when I wasn't. Yeah. It's just the definition of growing apart. You went yeah. in one direction and he stayed on that same path. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. maybe he's now since taken that armor down. I don't know, but it just what we did didn't do it at, at the right times. So we weren't right compatible in like I who we were know. underneath wasn't compatible. Maybe that. Oh, maybe who we presented on the outside. Yeah, I don't was. know who is underneath his though. Yeah, I don't know if I do. I wanted to know if your opinion about divorce. Um, I guess I get a li- not. 
I get a little irritated, you know, whenever like you ask someone regret about regrets and they, mm -hmm. they're hesitant to sort of acknowledge them because maybe where they are now is great. And so you mm -hmm. feel like you have to take all or nothing, mm -hmm. but assuming you can just regret one part <laughs> of your life story. Yeah. Do you think divorce is always means you got something wrong? Like, you know. By oh, definition, you have a failure. So mm -hmm. does that mean, you know, it's a thing we got wrong, you and I? Oh, that's such a good question. Because I would say, yeah, but that's okay. Mm. I would agree. Like, we have a wonderful opportunity to get something wrong and it not be final and like learn from it so we mm -hmm. don't get it wrong next time mm -hmm. and it's like you know we're, we're kind of if we didn't have the institution of marriage and, and it's set up like right. we're just animals out in the wild yeah nobody would be like you, you aren't mating anymore. One monkey for this other monkey after being with this one monkey for twenty years. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you did that when you had different needs and maybe weren't in the same phase of life. No, but yeah. it's like a lot of paperwork and 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 you know, it's just right. Come on, yeah, because I don't think that every relationship that ends was a mistake. Because for me, the part that makes it you, fundamentally, you got it wrong, is that when you get married, you promise it's forever. Right. So if you break that promise, you got it wrong. Yeah. You're not promising that to every boyfriend or girlfriend that you have yeah. along the way. You're just seeing where it goes. And yeah. So if you break up, there was no um, mis wrong there. Right, right, right. Necessarily. Right. Yeah. But like... I always hear, you hear it a lot with celebrities because they tend to like get divorced a lot where they're just, they kind of like want it to be like, no, I don't reg like regret it. I got kids mm -hmm. out of it. Shut up. We know about, you don't want your kids to be dead or whatever. Like right, right, right. we get it. Right. But what about how you said you'd stay with someone forever and then you did not do that? Yeah. I think we, we, this is like kind of, we, we, we let present us make the decisions right and present us believed that in the same mm -hmm. way present like past me did not believe that we would have a pandemic yeah then f future me is going to be a little more prepared for one and you know like there's a, so yeah we only know on what, what you we know, know yeah. at the time and there is and at the time, I also didn't know what a healthy relationship looked like or felt like. So it felt like I was getting the best that I could get. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, I only had ice cream out of that little like freezer section thing at 7-Eleven where like the ice cream is shitty and you have like four flavors and like it's ugh, not even real ice cream and then i'm like yeah i guess this is ice cream Woo, yay yeah and then all of a sudden you're like taking me to like a gelato store I'm like what this was right. available my shit my my options have changed my my some you know your standard yeah standard is uh, i'm not gonna go back to that 7-Eleven ice cream sorry mm -hmm. 7-Eleven 
answer me this. I don't know all your exes. I know a lot of them though. Yeah, you do. What do you, uh, would you agree that there's a theme of former fat guys? Yeah. Wonder why? Cause maybe there's something about that type of person. They like yeah. love life a lot or something. Yeah. They're yeah. like real. Yeah, they everybody's life. been a big lover of food. Like they're they're all like the chefs or or, or in the restaurant business or around that. I just There's like been I'm so looking many. for someone to cook for me. So they're like talking about food. Mm-hmm. They like eating it. Yes, and having you eat it. Yes, it's a real theme. Food is a theme for sure. <laughs> yeah, I because I love it. I mean, you know. Yeah, but not really. Like I, I know that you say you were fat, and that like you had that's like a coping thing that you had done. But like I do not see that in you at all now. Sometimes I get snacky. I get like <laughs> I, I not even snacky. I know, but snacky. I will say I. You know what I do now? What I what I understand about my relationship with food now is I. I can tell when I'm using food for like a dopamine hit. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. I think it's, I used it a lot for that. And now that I have an ADHD diagnosis, which is like dopamine and serotonin and all that stuff in balance, that I, like even medicated, have a better, I mean, Obviously, the ADHD medication helps, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it makes you have to eat because you have no appetite. But um, yeah, it helps me like change my relationship with like where I'm getting my stimulation, and I'm like working out more. So I do, like in a healthy way, I'm moving my body more and being active to get the, like spending time outdoors, like being in nature, oh, walking on grass. So you I still don't want feel the dopamine, like, but yes, you get it in yes, different ways. Yes, in different so. ways. Totally. Mm-hmm. I live in an environment where I can be outdoorsy enough and get that from nature and from hiking and from looking at the beautiful lake that I live right next to and the sky here, like everything there. I just feel more, it's like my baseline for what I need to be uh, feel satisfied mm-hmm. has lowered. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I admire your willingness to even listen to that episode. Suze, I, I waited Do you regret the last it? minute. Did you get mm-hmm. that wrong? <laughs> Maybe. No, no, actually okay. I don't because I was going to say this, this is what I wrote down that, uh, this is uh, that's something I recommend. That if you, I, I almost look at it as a, a an opportunity and, and a, a privilege. You know, in the same way we've talked about being on the challenge and how we get to watch ourselves yeah. and then look back and go like, "Whoa, I've it's grown cringy. so much." You're yeah. like, "Oh, I can't believe I responded like that." Kind of change our behavior. Uh, I recommend doing a podcast with your significant other because if you ever have to look back and and go like, "Did I make the right decision?" Which yeah. I don't ever ask, but you know. Did did how when you was can see I, how far what, you've come? Yes, see how far yeah. I come and and what I would, uh, how I would communicate now compared to how I chose to communicate through not communicating. Then, 
What do you feel? I always think about this. Like if I ever bumped into my ex-husband, because mm -hmm. I, you know, we mm -hmm. don't live in the same city mm -hmm. anymore. And so like that is not really a risk, but mm -hmm. I always think like, what would that be like? Mm -hmm. Do you ever think about that? If you bumped into each other? Yeah. And the only place I, I think about that would happen is like an airport or something like that, you know, and it might, and you traveled a lot. You'd just sort of be polite and. Yeah. But in a weird way, I think I would be, I, I don't know. I have this idea that people would like avoid me, like wouldn't want to talk to me. Hmm. If I, saw my I guess maybe him, maybe it's different yeah. when it's a ex-husband or ex-spouse. Yeah. yeah. There's just so much more like it's loaded. I do not care. Like I really don't care. I could have like a f conversation. Like I just don't. It wouldn't bother you. It wouldn't bother me to do it. It would bother me, or not even bother me. I bother is not the right word. I, I, I would be like interested if there were, a, if I saw some of that. I don't know. Projection of of those uh, externals, like we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. that. I would just see those things different. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's from being a therapist. I just look at people and what people decide to share with me and, and other people. Like I, not like I'm analyzing everybody at, you know, if you ever see me out there on the street, but it just is like a, a, a byproduct of the profession, I guess, or whatever mm -hmm. that I would, I would be able I'm, Oh, I know what this is. It's very easy to, to see. Mm -hmm. It's my job. And you know, mm -hmm. that's probably what being in a relationship, that's, that might've been something that led to like the beginning of the end too, is my increased awareness and then me pointing those things out. And, you know, when we broke up the first time, he'd said that it was because I, I think he even talked about this on the podcast, some other podcast we were on, or he was on with us, that it was like the seeing behind you know, the curtain that, and being like me, him being vulnerable with me that led to him breaking up with me the first mm -hmm. time, you know, it's like nobody else kind of saw me the way she did and was able to see that part of me. And I, I, it was too much. And then mm -hmm. he accepted that. And then, you know, it's like, you're the only one who's seen that side of me. So I'll marry you. And then when I was like, well, what, you know, what about this? What about this? Let's work on these sides. And, you know, oof, and then problems. <laughs> big problems yeah sos so. yeah i mean he certainly is entertaining we'll give yeah. him that i feel so much more relaxed in who i am now like i felt like in that marriage i had to be aware of myself and what i was doing and then also have this other awareness of how my actions may be perceived and interpreted or, or received by him. Mm -hmm. And that hyper awareness is leaves is very exhausting and leaves very little space for the thoughts of like, nah, everything's fine. You're, you're, you know, just take care of you or whatever. Like, I, yeah, there's a lot of mental energy spent on worrying about, how I was 
how, what he was going to think about what I was, I felt like I was apologizing a lot or like clarifying things a lot, even in listening to it. And I do not recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. It, and you can see like, even in listening to that and yeah, you know, like you say about the old gossip, it's easy when we already know the ending. Yeah. But it makes more sense with the more, yeah, the more work I do as a therapist that why the Gottman Institute can predict with like 99% accuracy, whether a couple will get divorced within the first, you know, half hour meeting them or whatever, Mm -hmm. because those things are like, ah, yeah, that's not, yeah, you can't really mask it. Right. You can't, you can't, Mm -hmm. even if you're on your best behavior, you think on a podcast or you're like two episodes, you think be on, on your best behavior and you wouldn't, but no, it comes out. It's like, yeah. Well, thanks for all your rear labor. That was not easy, but I, yeah. I did enjoy it. It was interesting because like I've, I have him in my mind as, you know, total villain because of what he did to you, what he's done to me and Adam and just like who he is. Mm-hmm. And, but everybody is multitudes and yes. everyone has good points yes. and absolutely uh, redeeming qualities and, you know. Yeah. I did see some of that. He is funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, but you're right. Like most people don't get the opportunity to like, uh, <laughs> well, just in the way that everyone does. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, no, I'm talking I, about the funny stuff. That's that face. Oh, I guess I just mean that, like, I want to always remind myself, like, nobody is all good or all bad. And, you know, that's yeah. sort of the human condition. Yeah, of course. We all have our shit and we all yeah. have our good stuff. Yeah. Some have more good stuff than others, though. Yeah, like you and me. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the best. Uh, all right, people. We'll see and you our next listeners. Time. You guys are the best. Too. They are the best. And they, and they were so reviews. sweet. Like, this is like going to just be like a little, like, uh, uh, a tip of the hat to our, or shout out to our brain candy brainiacs. Yeah. But um, Eli, for our anniversary, friggin' finally posted a picture of me yeah and uh uh, i really you know landon was too far in one direction it was like all the time posting like was he well like it felt like he was posed with this posed with this but you know like i was like oh i want somebody who doesn't care about this at all and then I got a little bit too far in the other direction. Yeah, we overcorrected. So we finally, right, overcorrected. So we finally posted a picture and all the brainiacs who I know are listening right now were like, Eli, we love you for Sarah. You're the best. Like, just, it's the best. And they That's were so feeling. sweet. So thank you guys for, Yeah, you know, they're so- definitely rooting for you. No doubt oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. And I think they like him. So, and they met him, so. <laughs> right. Leave us a review and tell yeah. Sarah how much you are happy that her life is yes. where it is now. Yes. And I, I hope this episode helped maybe people who have gone through a divorce themselves. I remember when we talked about that before on the podcast. You know, it's always helpful when when I hear stories that, that you know, kind of make me feel not so You're alone, not alone in mind. Yeah. So I hope this helped. So. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Well, what can I say? We all mess up. We get things wrong. And these are those things that we got wrong. 
Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.